Hey, Podcast Babe. Welcome to season eight of the Podcast Babes podcast. Get ready for inspiring interviews with female podcasters and a bite-sized podcast hack episode every Monday. If you want to learn more about podcast monetization or if you're ready to outsource podcast management, be sure to check out our website, thepodcastbabes.com. You can find everything there from our current pricing packages, more information about the podcast base, previous episodes. It's all there. Okay, so now let's go into today's episode. Hey, podcast babes, welcome to a new episode. Today, I'm here with Rose Griffin. She is a speech therapist and also a podcaster, of course. Her podcast is called The Autism Outreach, and I'm really excited to have her on the show. I want to learn more about her monetization story, especially, but also why she started a podcast, how she started a podcast, how it's going, of course. So, Rose, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk today. Yeah. So, why did you start your podcast? And can you also tell us a little bit of what it's about? And then, yeah, why you started it? Because as a speech therapist, I think most speech therapists might might not have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so there are not many. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've been a speech therapist for 20 years and I specialize in helping autistic individuals. And now the incidence rate is one in 44 people being diagnosed. So I'm very passionate about it. And I've had an online business for five years. And within that five-year span, I've been a guest on many podcasts. Almost all of the podcasts that are run by speech therapists, I have almost been a guest on all of those. And so after a while, I was like, gosh, I should start my own podcast because there's not one that's just about autism. And I really love Pat Flynn. He's kind of my business mentor and guru. And his big thing is Power Up Podcasting. So I took the course. And it's just such a nice step-by-step framework on how to set up your podcast because it can seem very overwhelming to do it on your own. It just seems like there's so many moving pieces and parts. And it's a topic I'm really passionate about. So. It has just been so instrumental in growing my business. And I just like to talk to people. So for me, this is very fun. I don't get stressed out about it. I I really enjoy it. I like talking to others. I love being a guest on a podcast. And so it's a way for us to weekly share all about autism and communication. Yeah, I love that you went from guesting on different podcasts. So, I mean, when you're a guest on a podcast, you can already get a feel for it, right? Like, oh, would I enjoy this? Do I want to be on the other side of the mic, like asking the questions and like finding guests and all that? And then at one point when you've been on all the podcasts, like, okay, if I want to do more podcasting, then you just have to start your own. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. That's kind of what I was feeling, you know, and I thought about it a year before I took Power Up Podcasting. I thought to myself, gosh, I should start my own podcast But I was still working quite a bit. I have three kids as well, and I had started my business, so I was very overwhelmed. But then I got to a space and I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. I think this is definitely something I want to put my energy into. And now it's just one of the favorite, my favorite things to do in my business is the podcast. Yeah. So can you tell me more about how do you create a podcast? Like we talked about this a little bit before we hit uh, record. And I think we have a similar approach to podcasting from what I just heard you say. So can you tell me more about how do you like actually create the content? 
Absolutely. So I do a lot. It's a mix of solo shows and having guests. And my husband's always like, are you going to run out of people to have on your podcast? I'm like, no, absolutely not. There's so many people (laughs) that I could have on. And yeah, we were talking because I really am very at work. I'm very type A. I'm very organized. So behind the scenes, I have my assistant. She helps me with all the back end kind of workflow you know, that I set up and I have a podcast manager. I definitely batch ahead. Like I'm trying to think, I think I'm batching two two months in advance. So this week I just taped episode 90, but live came out episode 82 this week. So that makes me feel really kind of secure knowing that every week something new is going to come out for people when they expect it. Every Tuesday is when our episode airs. And so I just try to keep a pulse on what's going on in the industry, in the autism community. And I try to make sure that I have guests on that would be helpful for speech therapists and special education professionals in general. So would you say that consistently releasing episodes, is that very important for you? Oh, it's essential. I mean, I just think it's absolutely essential. And what's amazing is every time I release another episode, somebody will email me and they'll say, I want to be on your podcast, you know? So, I mean, there's just so much networking that takes place. And I think that when you have somebody on your podcast, it's like very, you're just having a conversation with them. It's like going out for coffee. I mean, for me over Zoom now is like, this is in real life, you know, with COVID and and everything. (laughs) I mean, there are people that I have worked with in my business for three or four years that I feel very close to, and I've never met them in real life. And I may not because we may never need to go to the same conference or, you know, maybe, you know, they're not helping me in a way that we would never be together in the same room, but it just doesn't matter. So I love that kind of rapport building and networking that goes on inherently when you have a podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how long have you been podcasting now? Is it more than a year, right? Yeah, it's more Uh, than a It's more than a year. So it's been about a year and a half. Yep. Cool. So in a year and a half, I'm sure a lot has changed, right? From starting the podcast to episode 82 or like releasing episode 82, (laughs) recording episode 90. What are some things that you changed within that year and a half? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, so location, I actually, I have my own walk-in closet. This is the way that my house is made. My husband has a walk-in closet. I have a walk-in closet. And that is where I was taping the podcast. And then I was going to have on a guy named Billy Mayfair. He was diagnosed with autism and is an adult, but he is on the PGA Tour, senior tour. So he's a professional golfer. And I thought to myself, I cannot <laughs> I cannot interview a professional golfer because I was actually dealing with his PR person and it was it was a very big deal for me. I'm just like sweating thinking about <laughs> it. But I was like, I cannot interview Billy Mayfair and be like, oh, never mind that. I'm in my closet. You know, it was funny. <laughs> For like the first 50 episodes. But then then I just moved it out into my master bedroom, just kind of a general area, have a like a blank kind of backdrop because it's more audio than, you know, video. We do take video, but it's more just to put on the website. And and so that was a big change. And I just think I feel more comfortable with the process and and having the conversations and you know, you can stray from the questions and and things like that. So overall, just kind of feeling more comfortable with everything that goes into the podcast. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. That's like, you build confidence doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. And you cannot really, you can't really have that in episode one. I think you just have to go through Mm -hmm. these first, I don't know how many episodes, and then you just build that over time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, pretty funny that you 
moved from the walk-in closet mm-hmm. to more <laughs> <laughs> another back background for your video at least. When did you also think about monetizing your podcast? Because I know that you did monetize your podcast. Yeah. So when when did that start or when did you have that first idea of like, okay, I think I'm ready? Yeah. I mean, what was interesting is, so I've been doing presenting for some professional development companies in the speech therapy space. So as a speech therapist, you have to take professional development courses to keep up your licensure. And I have been doing that for almost 10 years now. And so it was a company that I already had an existing relationship. They reached out to me and they wanted to offer some of our podcast episodes as a course on their website. So within my first year, let me think. I I mean, it was it was literally months after I had launched the podcast. But I had already had that existing relationship. And you know, I knew when I did the podcast that I knew with all the things I had on my plate that I wouldn't be able to edit the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do all of those back-end type and show notes and all of that. So from the beginning, I have had a podcast manager. And I think that was really helpful for me because I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the bandwidth. I knew that from the beginning. I, I took the course. I learned how to you know, tape it in GarageBand and edit it because I think that's all good to kind of understand and know what goes into it so that if you have to hire somebody. But I just hired a friend of a friend and it's just been a great relationship ever since, you know, it started. And so I felt really comfortable from the beginning with how the podcast was going to sound and how it was going to come out. And obviously it morphs over time. So, I mean, it was literally months after I launched the podcast that I was able to monetize that. And so now we've done a deal two years in a row. So they've purchased 10 episodes each year. And so it's really great because I've already had that relationship. I've been able to monetize my podcast, which makes me feel good. And I'm sharing information with so many people because it's just, it's the largest CEU provider for speech therapists. So it's really an exciting thing for me. Yeah, it really sounds like a win-win. And I love that because a lot of podcasters feel like, okay, to be able to monetize their podcast, it needs to be like a yucky ad or something, (laughs) right? Right. Like, I also had that before I monetized or like before I really seriously thought about monetizing my podcast, I also thought, "Mm, should I do that? Like, it's not great for my listeners, Mm -hmm. but actually it sounds like how you did it, that it can be great for your listeners. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and you know, we've actually monetized with ads now too. Just at the beginning, we're just doing, I use Buzzsprout, so it's dynamic content. So it, it plays on all the episodes, which I think is a great deal for people. Because with podcasts, you know, they're so evergreen. You never know if somebody's listening to episode one or episode 82. And so we've really leveraged that because we have a decent sized Instagram following. I have over 20,000 followers, which for my niche area is pretty, pretty good. So when we have a podcast sponsored that way, I do do an ad at the beginning. I just use dynamic content and Buzzsprout. What is it called? Buzzfeed. No, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you said and, it right. Yeah. Okay. And then and then it plays on all of the episodes and and then we tag them on Instagram. So we call it a podcast partnership. So that's how we've been doing that well. So we've also been able to monetize in that way. And we definitely only share companies that are going to want to be in front of the audience that I have, which are speech therapists and people that are devoted to helping autistic individuals. So that's been really nice too on top of the CEU component. Yeah, cool. I think it's also really smart that you mentioned the dynamic ads. So that means that the ad runs in all episodes, like you said, 
And then with one click, you can also take it out of all episodes. So for if you are listening and you're not 100% sure what dynamic means, that means that it's not in there forever. So you have dynamic and you have evergreen. And I also started with dynamic ads. I think it's also a really, like you said, it's maybe an easy way Mm -hmm. to start because even if the ad is not like the best thing you ever created, (laughs) you can also take it out, Mm -hmm. you know, right in a year or in two years, no one will hear it again. So I think that's also really smart. How did you find the partnerships or the companies that you partnered up with? Yeah, that's a great question. So my first podcast partnership was somebody who, so I started my business because I created a product called the Action Builder Cards. So it's a set of 100 flashcards that are used for kids who have autism and other language delays. And I have had a company that has sold that product for ever since it was created for five years. And so they actually came to me and they said, hey, do you have any ways that we could collaborate You know, with your podcast? And so we ran an ad and we tagged them. And that's, and so now this is going into year two, right, of the podcast. And so I have companies that we did ads for last year that are contacting me again. And it's almost like an annual thing. Like, hey, can you send us the stats on, you know, how that ad did last year? And, you know, we'd like to do another one. So I feel like I, you know, I am kind of like very loyal. So a lot of the things that are kind of coming to fruition now are things that I started when I started my business as far as just building these relationships. So. I haven't been like seeking out any podcast partnerships. I feel like the more that I do the podcast, that's why I think it's so important to be consistent every single week and getting, you know, higher caliber guests and which these things just inherently happen when you have one person on, then somebody else emails you and you have somebody else on and then they want to be on, you know. So that's kind of how it's worked for me. And then with the ads, people have just kind of been seeking us out. But my goal is for this year, I was just telling somebody this, that I would love to have you know, last year we didn't have ads every single month, but I think going forward, that would definitely be a goal for us because I think we're at that point with the podcast to make that a reality. Yeah, I love that. How did you do that, that brands keep coming back to you? Is there any anything that we can that we can learn from you on how to also keep these brands engaged? Because I think that is how you can make your podcast really profitable. Like if you have a partnership for one month with a brand and then it's like, okay, thank you. Bye now. That's great. But I think it gets a lot easier and a lot more profitable if you can work with the same brand over and over again, because you already know what they expect. You already know what they want. You know what they know what you have to offer. So then it's just record an ad, put it on the podcast and that's it, you know, like you don't have to go through all of that like initial stage of negotiating and to an extent, yes, but how do you make sure or is there anything that you do that makes brands come back? That's a great question. You know, I feel like on our Instagram, which is probably our most active platform for social media, we just, you know, I try to be engaged. So I feel like if anybody's been on my podcast or if they've done an ad that they are, you know, a friend of ABA speech, which is my business. So we definitely engage with their content. And these are things I just do that myself. I don't pay. I have a social media manager that helps with some of our social media, but I just, I engage on Instagram myself, you know, kind of old school style. And I just try to build those relationships. I genuinely like people. I genuinely like what I do. And I'm very, I try to be really organized. So if we have a podcast partnership, we have a contract. I say, 
you know, I do what I say I'm going to do, you know, and I think all those things sound very simplistic, but yeah, I feel like people can rely on me and I keep going. It's kind of that idea of just keep swimming. It's like every day, you know, now Instagram switched to reels. So now we're doing reels. You know, I have been doing short form video. We're on TikTok. You know, I've been on there for a while, right? So, you know, we're just trying to be consistent with every touch point in our business, whether it's LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, TikTok. I'm taking a course on YouTube. I just try to get into a content rhythm and I stay extremely consistent. And I think that people know that they can rely on me. And I think that's comforting for businesses. Yeah, I think so too. Like if I would be a brand that's looking to sponsor a podcast, Mm -hmm. if I can see that this podcaster has been putting out content consistently for months or even years, Mm -hmm. then you know that they know what they're doing and that they can do it again. So then it's, it's a pretty safe bet. If it's been like on and off, like new episodes, and then sometimes there's just like gaps without mm-hmm. an explanation on the podcast, or even if there is an explanation, like if there's a lot of gaps in the content, as a brand, it feels a little bit more risky, right? Absolutely. And I also, I also think that consistency, like everyone always asks me, of course, how can I grow my podcast? I think actually being extremely consistent might be the easiest way Mm -hmm. to let your podcast just organically grow over time. Absolutely. And I'll say people that will post online because I like to talk about podcasting in general and they say, well, how can I grow my podcast or how should I show this on social media? And it's like, well, you've got to show up on whatever platforms you decide you're going to show up on and your email marketing. Obviously, email marketing is huge, you know, but You have to consistently show up for your business and the people that you're serving with your content. It can't just be like, oh, here's my new episode. And then you never post again until you have another episode. I mean, people will not care. They do not care about that. It has to be very consistent. You have to just have that content stream, that content framework. And I mean, that idea of batching. I remember when I first started on social media and everything, I was just thinking, okay, it's 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Like, what am I going to post today? you know, fast forward to now and, you know, we're planning. I have someone who helps, you know, we have systems in place. You just really have to do what works for you and you don't want to overwhelm yourself. But I do think those touch points for your audience are important and you can't just post only about the podcast. But if your whole brand is the podcast, you could post behind the scenes and I'm going to have so-and-so on and what should I ask them, you know, to get your audience engaged. But it has to be more than just this episode dropped because people will not respond to that, I don't think. Yeah. And do you think that there is like a minimum minimum amount of episodes or minimum amount of social media posts or like is there a minimum that we should all be doing? Because I've also seen like some podcasters, they can do once a month a new episode. Some podcasters like I do twice a week. Oh, wow. Most podcasters, I think, would be probably weekly mm-hmm. new episodes. Do you think that there is also a difference in that or do you Do you think that it doesn't really matter as long as you can stay really consistent? Yeah, I think whatever schedule works for you. I mean, I would say at least weekly. I don't know. That's cool that somebody does a monthly podcast. But I mean, I like a lot of the people that I listen to, it's either weekly or sometimes they do two where it's like one is a larger episode and the other is like a shorter episode where they're teaching a tip or something like that. Right. That's what we do. So yeah, that's I like that. I think that's really cool if I had the bandwidth for that. But Yeah. I mean, I think you have to find a rhythm that works for you. Or I know some people like take the summer off, (laughs) you know, because sometimes in my realm of the education realm, 
a lot of educators are, you know, they are not listening to podcasts in the summer. We can see that in our listenership, but we're still continuing to put out content that we believe in and we're kind of mixing up the format and stuff like that. But I think at least weekly is really what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think you just got to stay top of mind for people. And if you show up once a month, I mean, of course, it's better than not being consistent at all. But I also think that people forget about you and your podcast quite easily. Mm -hmm. And if it's there in your podcast app every week or just like wherever they, they see it, if it's, if it's a newsletter or whatever, if it's there every week, you can get in that routine of listening every week as well, which I think definitely makes a lot of sense. Oh, I have so many more questions for you, Rose. <laughs> I think we can learn so much from you, but I will narrow it down to one more question. Okay. I want to be mindful of your time and to, from for also of our listeners' time. Another like top three question that I get from podcasters is, okay, when I'm going to start monetizing my podcast, how do I come up with rates? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to share what you, yeah. what you charge for ads, of course, but... How did you start charging for that? Do you do you have any tips for people who are in this position? Like maybe they're talking to a brand and they just have no idea what to charge. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like because I have a social media following, I have been doing some sponsored feed posts or some sponsored story posts. So I had that dollar amount. And then I thought, okay, that's just one little post. This is going to be for a month. This is going to be for four episodes. So I kind of quantified it that way. And so I had that to work with. So when I talk with ads or they inquire about working with us, I will send them a guide. I actually made, no, I think my designer made this. I made the first one, but it's a podcast partnership. So it goes over information about my podcast, how many people listen, kind of what the demographics are, and then it has the rate for doing the podcast partnership and what that all includes. And then we also include information about, you know, do you want us to email our email list and what that would cost, you know, things like that. So people can see the different collaboration points that we have. We're obviously sending an email dedicated to another brand to our list would be very expensive. So but I think it's good for people to see the hierarchy of what they can do with us to reach the audience that we've built so, you know, that we've worked so hard to build. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a basic partnership and then some add-ons that people can mm -hmm. choose to also add to that partnership. And then they can see, they can kind of see what makes sense for them. And so you do have set prices. You don't negotiate with every brand individually. I don't. I have set prices right now. I feel like the more that I do this, I may ask somebody, well, what's your budget? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, because yeah. I do a lot of speaking, right? So I have a speaking rate that I charge per hour, but I know I should probably be saying things like, well, what's your budget for that? Because I had somebody last month pay me way more than what my speaking rate is because they just said, well, this is what's in yeah. our budget and this is what we'll pay you. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe that's what I should charge. Jeez, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I know that like, I'm not like, I'm not born into sales. My husband is in sales. So I feel like I just, after 20 years in, in May, just a couple months ago, I decided to step away from working in a public school as a speech therapist to work on growing my business. And so I feel like once I get more in this business mode, that I'll probably have some better salesy type negotiation skills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, what I also love about especially dynamic ads, even if you charge very little for the first and the second one, 
it's gone after that. So you can you can hire your prices as you go. The, yes. There is no one who expects you to keep your prices at the same level and your podcast grows. So of course your prices go up as well. That only makes sense. And I, I will also admit, like I also usually don't ask what's your budget. I know <laughs> that that is a strategy, you know, that they always teach you. Yes. But yeah, I also, I kind of like just being very clear yes. about this is what I want. Right. And then like for some people it's too expensive. For some people they would probably pay me more, but that's also fine to be honest, at least for me. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Okay. That makes me feel better, but like maybe check back in a year. I might have some more. I might be speaking differently. That's definitely something I'm going to be yeah. working on this next year. So we'll see. Yeah. The only tip that I do want to add is what I did for like probably like my second partnership. I I like with every partnership, I hire my prices until mm. everyone's going to say, no, this is way too expensive. <laughs> then I will probably not do that anymore. But every time I get a yes, I'm like, OK, cool. So let's right. see if we can get a yes for more money. The second time I did that, I was like, hmm, you know what? This feels kind of safe. I'm just going to put like another 10 or 20 percent on top. Mm -hmm. And it felt really, really scary. And I got an immediate yes. Wow. <laughs> See, that's amazing. So, I, I just watched a talk from somebody who has this really big business and they said, you should just double your rates. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm also not great at this, but just wanted to like when you're thinking about pricing for ads and for partnerships, just make it a little bit scary to send. <laughs> yes, I love that. And then you probably have like a good, a good amount to start with. All right. Well, Rose, thank you so much for sharing about how you started a podcast, what changed in a year and a half, and especially your monetization story. Thank you so much for being so open about this, about how you did it. I think we got a lot of tips from you and a lot of advice that we can take away from this episode. Where can people find out more about you and your podcast? Absolutely. So visit me at abaspeech.org. I have a new podcast, Autism Outreach, that drops every single Tuesday that is all about autism and communication. And you can find me at that same ABA speech on Instagram and also on TikTok. Awesome. We'll also make sure to add all the links to the show notes so you can go there, click the links and check out the podcast and also Rose's website, of course. Rose, thank you again for being on the podcast. It was really good having you here. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to connect. All right. That's it for today. Do you want to know more of my podcast monetization and growth tips? I share my best tips with my email list. So click the link in the show notes to receive our weekly value-packed podcast newsletter. I'll see you there. Hey, Podcast Babe. Before you go, I want to tell you real quick about a free tool that we developed, a quiz. So if you have heard me talking about podcast monetization and all the different options that you have and you're like, okay, cool, but what's the right one for me? That is exactly what you can find out in this quiz. So if you go to thepodcastbabes.com forward slash quiz, you can answer nine questions. It will only take you five minutes. And one of the podcast monetization strategies will roll out of this quiz as the perfect strategy for you. Of course, I will also give you some tips on how to get started, some podcast episodes to listen to, specified to the outcome of your quiz. So go to the podcast babes forward slash quiz, take the quiz and start monetizing.